0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Rift Reaction. It's great to be here, Emily. Are you happy to be here?
1: It is. Dis- After ever, several tactical difficulties. Discord is down today,
0: in. and it's causing some difficulties for us. <laughs> uh, even, even though we are in the same room, it's a complicated setup that we have here. Either way... Uh, It's been kind of a quieter week, I feel like, in the League of Legends sphere, at least compared to all the drama of the past month or so.
1: Well, it's hard to top the, you know, C9, Coach LS firing, and whatever's been going on with TSM. I mean, I I don't know how quiet you think the TSM announcement was in terms of this is what we're doing now, uh, etc. But yeah, comparatively, this week has been quiet.
0: You know, you're completely right. It has been quiet uh, it in comparison. Yeah. But the TSM stuff does stand out. But before we, we talk about LCS, because we're going to talk about that and how the league is doing, we obviously have a whole lot of stuff that's going on in LEC as things have wrapped up over there, getting close to it, I guess, playoffs on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that. Then we'll obviously get into uh, some Q&A, some uh, reaction shots, et cetera, et cetera. Everything you... Love to love from (laughs) Rift Reaction. So, Emily, why don't you take us away? What's been going on in LEC?
1: So, playoffs are set. For those that don't know, uh, we have um, the usual suspects who you probably kind of assumed were going to make playoffs in Rogue, Fnatic. I believe Misfits and G2 had already qualified the last time we talked. But then, uh, you know, Excel and Vitality are also in there in the losers bracket Um, honestly, I think at this point I might have more faith in Excel than I do Vitality, despite their lineup, which we've talked I feel like we've talked about this at length or and or we talk about it. Yeah. We like touched upon it at the beginning of the season and then we talked about it again last week because you wanted to know is this a failure for this Vitality roster? Do we think they consider it a failure? And I know you know, there are a bunch of jokes and memes going around being like, congrats vitality for doing the bare minimum of like (laughs) eking into playoffs. And and that's definitely not where this roster wants to be. Right. So,
0: you know, what's funny is I, for some reason, I I forget why, but this past weekend I was going and looking at the Reddit thread from my, when my video uh, announcing like the team liquid or revealing, I guess, reporting the team liquid roster Uh, came about with like, oh and some of the EG stuff, right? Where like Inspired was coming over and Hansam was coming over and all that stuff. And one of the top comments was a thread and the thread was like, LOL, Alfari and Perks head back to create a super team in a league that has had all the other teams lose like great players to the LCS, basically saying like the league has gotten weaker and they get to go back and like play in it now with the super team. And it feels incredibly ironic now that comment, given where Vitality (laughs) has placed at the end of spring.
1: Well, and also, like you have to understand, their last week did not go so well. They lost two games before beating Astralis, which is the last place team in the right. LEC, and that's their qualifying playoff run. So,
0: they, not uh, they great. Just flopped into the playoffs. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. So I don't know. I it's it's actually kind of hilarious to see how that has gone. I mean, I'm not not trying to be dismissive of of these guys or anything like that, but I think. I think there's a little bit of Schadenfreude and like okay we're going to go back we're going to create this super team like we're done with North America and we're going to stomp all these other teams and like who needs to do and Fnatic and all that stuff and then you see this and it's it's a little it's a little funny I think to some people I'm sure not to the Perks and Alfari and Vitality fans but <laughs> uh, but I also saw this Scrabbs interview uh, about the BDS players where he kind of it's it's very funny because in LCS obviously we've had all these conversations about like the Shenyi stuff and the coach did not say and then you have this where uh, grabs casually is just like by the way my team's been not running actually, it down yeah. in
1: this scrims essentially I mean he doesn't he doesn't say that exactly but, but like that is definitely the mood yeah. yeah uh I mean I think the big or I will say the big difference with grabs because I I appreciate this. I didn't have a problem with it. Is he came out and immediately said, like, I was really disappointed in their attitude when we didn't make playoffs. I felt like our week of practice, you know, did not go well. I don't really care about the stage games, but I feel like we didn't get anything out of practice this week because they weren't taking it seriously. I already ripped into them privately, so I feel comfortable saying this publicly. And with that caveat, I think it makes it a lot different than you know, uh, someone openly flaming their player and or not giving any context so another player gets thrown under the bus, which is kind of what we've been dancing around with the TSM situation, right? Because they came out finally and said, hey, Shenny picked a, a champion that the coach didn't call for, and that's why we sent him down for disciplinary reasons, like,
0: well we'll talk about the TSM yeah, stuff yeah. soon. I but. understand
1: why they didn't want to say that up front, but whatever. Um I think the the grab situation, the thing that makes it different is he is coming out and saying, Look, I already like ripped into them privately. I'm not saying anything they don't know. Um which which in my opinion makes it a bit different.
0: But I mean it is it is interesting to see Kind of the impacts that not making playoffs can have on a team, and sort of the mentality. And I guess this is a a moment of transparency on how this type of stuff can can work. Because I'm sure it, I'm not excusing the behavior at all, but it is not that surprising to see a team that's already out of playoffs has to go in and play these games that are essentially pointless for their immediate future, and they're they're just like not taking uh, playoffs or taking the games, sorry, very seriously, the scrims, and so. I don't know. It's good that Grabs was there to do that stuff, but I'm a little surprised that it did get to like a two... I think he said the last couple of weeks, right? So it's it's a little surprising that it, was, so it existed over such a long period of time.
1: Yeah. I think the other important thing to say is that not only did he come out and say he talked with the entire team about this, but he's not naming one player, right? He's just saying like, our team did not take this seriously. It was frustrating. I said this to them already. The end. Yeah. Like it, it's already... I think another difference is that grabs is already making it clear that he's being honest about the situation while also having reso- gone gone a long way towards resolving it already in terms of this happened. I made my displeasure known that this happened with them privately first. So ergo, I can say it I'm not calling any one individual out as well. so
0: sure. Well, let's talk about. EU playoffs. Uh, every everything is set now. Uh, we know which teams are going to be there. Uh, what what are your expectations on how competitive these playoffs are going to be, given what we've seen from the previous several weeks? I guess.
1: I mean, I think the the playoff matchups right off the bat are all really competitive. Actually, yeah. like Rogue versus Misfits uh, should be really interesting. Um, I know you know Rogue is going to go into that pretty heavily favored that's probably the matchup where there it's the most disparate between who's going to win who's going to lose in terms of public perception but misfits are like i said they're a really fun team obviously a lot of people are going to point out vto is like their their star who is kind of carrying them uh, a little bit more than others but i still think misfits as a whole are a very fun team to watch and rogue are going to have a lot of eyes on them because now we have to be like oh are they just going to bomb up playoffs or they just regular season team like every other year so we'll see and then Fnatic G2 off the bat that's always going to be an interesting matchup but especially given how Fnatic have been playing lately uh with their early game and additionally how G2 have you know a few times gotten some early leads only to Punt them away in the big game. So I mean, whenever those two teams meet, it's also, its really interesting. And then I kind of already covered this with Excel and Vitality. It's we know Vitality have the talent to make a deep playoff run. It's just a matter of how how is this team going to work? How are they coming together? And then Excel are honestly really fun to watch right now as well. So I mean, I think all three of these have the potential to be really close, interesting matchups.
0: Well, isn't it exciting that we get to see this all take place next week, Emily? That's you, <laughs> we're at playoffs, right? So the game should be starting up any minute. No, no. you're shaking your head. No, okay. So, uh, how much conversation has there been about this, or have you seen this on Twitter or anything?
1: I haven't seen a lot about it actually. I, I've been kind of surprised. Surprises me. So
0: what's what's the schedule here?
1: So we're jumping ahead until the twenty fifth. So that's almost an entire three weeks from when LEC ends to when LEC playoffs begin.
0: Which I think is historic. I don't think that there's ever been anything like that before where there's such a huge gap. Uh, I know that at times there's been like one week off, but this is a uh, I want to say, I think there's been times where there's been one week off. But to my knowledge, there hasn't been a time where like like the 6th to the 25th. Yep. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, And... And so here, here is... I I will now enter a speculation zone, folks. Okay. Uh, and I'll talk about this. So uh, ar- around a year ago, um, or maybe maybe last summer or something, I heard that there... Okay, so what is true is Riot is holding this big global internal conference in mm-hmm. Barcelona uh, over the next couple of weeks, or over a week at some point in time. It's happening in the next couple of weeks. And uh, in the summer of last year, around that time, I think... I remember hearing that there was a potential that LCS would just take like a week or two off in the middle of the spring split and that if this happened, it would like it would just happen where you just suddenly have this big gap. Um, Thankfully, they did not, because my understanding is that the broadcast is going to be produced by non-rioters. There's already a ton of non-riot folks, like full-time writers that produce the broadcast every week. And so what's going to be happening is you have a situation where different you know, different folks are stepping in for the next couple of weeks to kind of make sure that the LCS doesn't need to skip this while the full-time writers are gone. I have to imagine that the fact that LEC conveniently has this big gap between uh, weeks and it happens exactly at the time that this conference is happening, it's, it's not unreasonable to imagine that that's because they built it this way so that the full-time folks could go and they don't need to do the show during this
1: time. Interesting.
0: It's yes. And you, I, we should say like, I just, just to protect Emily here, like we had a brief conversation about this. This is not Emily's idea. She's not leaked this to me. This is not something I, I think you even thought was, I didn't even reason.
1: think of it. Yeah. Despite the fact that I know the conference is going on. Obviously. Right.
0: Yes. So, uh, I, I just think it's really interesting uh, because obviously other leagues have found a way around this and I am surprised that LEC is doing this and it maybe if there's not much like outcry or not many fans are like what the heck why is like there just no games between the beginning of March and the very end of March then it's not that big of a deal but I I gotta say that I'm I'm I like let's put it this way. If LCS was just taking a big fat break in the middle of March, <laughs> so that folks could go on on a, a company retreat in Barcelona, I would be up in arms about it. Obviously, I'm not as like attached to LEC, and so I'm like, okay, well, if the fans don't mind and nobody minds, it's fine. Then like go for it. But um, I, I don't know. At, at the very least, it's nice that it's between regular season and playoffs and so there's kind of a natural break in terms of tempo there
1: and also yeah like it's so i do not i mean i think the break is too long we'll see how teams end up dealing with it and using it for preparation but um the other thing is this will end up Putting LEC about on the same track as LCS again in terms of like timing and schedule since lock-in was essentially three weeks of competitive play prior to um, the regular season starting.
0: Right. Yes. Uh, But I imagine like they did some super weeks, right? So I imagine that there were weeks where they did the super weeks almost as a like if you were playing these couple extra weeks i have to imagine you wouldn't have to do some super weeks uh during the regular season which maybe people love the super weeks but it's it's definitely interesting um it is definitely interesting okay that's it for the lec stuff i believe oh actually that i guess we should use this as a bouncing point for our poll this week we should uh which is and you can all open up spotify app Is three weeks too long between regular season and playoffs in the LEC? One yes, two no. So we'll hear from all of you what you think about it. March 6th to the 25th. Uh, Please let us know in this week's poll we'll talk about next week. All right, let's head into the LCS. So I guess it's very strange. I I feel a little guilty because we do keep talking about TSM even though any other team that was last placed in the league would never be getting this much conversation. But I think with all the swapping that they're doing, the public statements, the fact that they've had to come out and correct a bunch of stuff, it is worth it to bring them back up again. So this weekend, obviously, we saw TakeOver play instead of Duo, And we saw Shenyi return. And they won a game! Their second game of the year! Emily?
1: Yay!
0: What do you think? Are are they on the upward trajectory? Is beating Golden Guardians a sign that uh, TSM is back, baby?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I still think they have a long way to go. I also still think like they themselves are just kind of you know, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. I will say I thought TakeOver looked a lot better than he did in lock-in when yes. he came up. Um, and he was one of the main reasons why they did end up winning that game, his Silas, which is something he's very comfortable on uh, as a player, ended up being a major difference maker in that win. so i'm ha- I'm always happy when someone from can come up from academy and actually do really well, especially someone like takeover who we haven't really talked about that much as a prospect and also because TSM academy is, also not been doing great if you've looked at the academy, the academy results so um i was really happy that he could come up in and have a good series
0: well i know that you've mentioned previously that you wanted to make sure that we're always doing a good job of highlighting players that have been improving over the year and uh and so i think this is kind of another great example of that where even even if we weren't seeing him compete in the lcs while he was improving clearly he's uh, in the in the course of a, a pretty short period of time, made some pretty big steps. Uh, you know, I, I know you kind of touched on it at the start, but probably worth diving into the the statement that they made where they came out and they basically had to explain, Chawi did an interview with Upcomer that people can go check out um, where Chawi explained why it was that the Ben Shiny, which was that he locked in a champion against the uh, wishes of... The coaching staff, presumably, or the you know, the the wishes of the the plan, I guess I should say, uh, for the team, and then afterwards was rude when confronted about it, and so that was part of it. Um, and I I know you mentioned this where it was like okay, well TSM put out their statement, and then a bunch of the blame went on Spica, and then they finally came out with this and cleared it up. I do want to point out because I've seen some folks mention it. I personally think it's really important to note that there was a step in between all this too, where it wasn't like TSM posted that statement. And then people are like oh, coming after speaker and being like, what the heck the step in between was Shenyi leaking that they were not listening to his calls. And so it's yeah. not just a like as, as much attention. Look, I don't think TSM handled the communication very well in the beginning, but I think a lot of people are just like, yeah, TSM put out that statement and then all this hate went to speaker and Uh, Which is, I know, not what you were saying, but I've seen people kind of skip the the step in between, which was like, well, there's some additional information that came out in between from Shenny's stream, which I think led also to the the need for TSM to kind of come out and say something and clarify.
1: Well, there were also, so a lot of people... His, his comms and communication system have been polarizing. But another reason why we can even talk about it is because of Champion's Queue. He has been spamming Champion's Queue. Yes. And there have been other players who have said they either really like playing with Shenyi or dislike playing with Shenyi, depending on whether you agree with how he's calling the game, right? So, and I'm not, again, I'm not taking a side. I'm just saying another factor in that is that we've actually been able to hear how he communicates on a team. Right. Which is interesting and kind of unprecedented and something no. that's coming from Champions. It's game. very
0: true. And I think like if this was a year ago and like you can you can imagine this happening a year ago where Shenny doesn't stream his uh, or you don't see Champions queue and then also the leak doesn't come out and it would have just been like, oh, Shenny is having a tough time adapting mm-hmm. and then the team would have played there wouldn't be this, like, hey, where's Shenyi? We want the shot calling. Look at him in Champions Queue. And then he would have just popped back up. And I'm not saying that's like a better situation, but that is the more typical situation for how these things would go. And so this is an unusual set of circumstances, to your point, that led us to, yeah. um, you know, there being such public commentary about the player and the situation.
1: Well, and I do think, I mean, I've brought this up on broadcast a few times, and I believe I've brought it up here as well. But I also want to stress that, like, the role of a support in the LPL and LDL is just a lot different. And the idea of going in on a play is the go button for a team in LPL a lot of the time. So, like, you're not even, you know what I mean? Like, the act of going in is something that you're supposed to follow up on supports are seen a lot differently in general like they're a really integral engaged part of team fighting and here you know i'd say maybe attitudes are changing but support is still a very like oh like you know i got filled in support this right bugging sucks blah, blah 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 so um That's a that's a big difference. Like that is actually a big cultural difference just in the way the game is played. Um, And that's massive because if you're relying on one thing to kind of tie you while you're, you know, if you're relying on one thing to stay the same, it's the game itself. And if the game itself is not the same, that's actually I would imagine quite a cultural culture shock. Um, The other thing I want to say, just because I saw a lot of chatter on it is people saying, well, this would never happen in other regions. This would only happen in LCS. Or someone actually asked me, like, oh, uh, I've seen people saying this, that a player locking in a pick against their coach as well would only happen in Western regions. This happens all the time, guys, actually. Like, it happens more than you would think in all regions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you have to just use whatever anything that happens has to be l o l. North America is such a joke, Emily. What are you talking about? Don't talk about that those other regions. We know that everything goes honky dory in all those other places. Okay, Emily, question for you. Yo. R C nine N T L just way above everyone else. Yes. Great. All right, that's our L C S section, everybody. No, I mean, I guess it's just it's it, uh, I it's. Ironic because at the start of this year, I think for the first time we were like, wow, it's not going to feel like a two team league. Cause the league usually feels like either a one or two team league. And here we are back at a two team league once more, which is, it's not the end of the world. Like obviously there's just always going to be good teams that are at the top. Um, but it is, it's, I think it's fine to just admit that that's where we're at now.
1: Yeah. I mean, so it's still single games and I think these. the, strength of the LCS outside of a few teams is that most teams can actually beat each other in single games even with uh, even with C9 and TL being ahead but am I going to bet against C9 and TL in you know the vast majority of their games like no be- because they are just better teams
0: are these our finals teams you think am I going to be sitting in Houston in uh, six weeks was a hot dog in hand, uh, energy arena, watching C9 and Team Liquid battle it out in the finals.
1: I think it'd be interesting. I think drafting would be, in particular, very interesting to me.
0: Well, they play against this, each other this weekend, so we'll get to yeah. see, um, which will be fun. Obviously, just the best of one, but uh, it'll be exciting to see how that goes.
1: Well, even the, even their first game was really close, too, if people remember. Yeah. like It was uh, it was really interesting and very close. So,
0: All right. Uh, last week we asked you speaking of which teams are good to name your two early teams from all major regions for msi and our q a and let's see mason here said c9 rogue t1 lng a lot of people are saying c9 uh it's but yeah well to our previous point it's all c9 or tl from north america side uh, but uh, i would say v5 and Fnatic as well as tl and t1 says matt uh, Kyle says T1, TL, Fanatic, V5. Any any yep. that are standing out to you here?
1: Uh, I, I'm i trying. I'm scrolling through. I'm trying to find someone who's not seeing T1 because I think that'd be... I, I, I also think it'll be T1. I actually think that's like the auto. That's kind of the free space yes. Um, in all of this because no other South Korean team has really been shown to be able to go up against them. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people believing in T1, obviously... A lot James, of people believing in Fnatic.
0: James Shiro here says T1, 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 and T1 also maybe T1. So <laughs> it's actually just going to be T1 playing against themselves at MSI.
1: A lot to of LNG gamers, which is unlucky considering their recent downward trajectory. And a lot of V5 gamers, which makes me happy for people that don't know. That's Rookie and Cars' team. So... I think a lot of people really like Doinby, and I think you can't count out a Doinby team in playoffs, but LNG have been looking a lot shakier. Here I you go. I see some people going with Weibo, which is nice, too.
0: The same thing as usual said C9, G2, Gen G and Weibo. Gen Gen.G.
1: Yeah, but I think the you're missing the cool part about that, which is I think Gam from VCS is going to be a top four team, which is very very spicy. I like that.
0: Yeah, well, I look, you were just looking for an on T1 poster, and I yeah, found you a, G, a Gen yeah. G person. So I mean, go.
1: I feel like that'd be the only other team that people would would look at right now.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. That's last week's Q and A. Thanks everybody for writing in for this week's Q and A. We'd love for you again using the Spotify app so let us know while we're on the topic of MSI what would you like to see from MSI this year Uh, and so I've left this kind of open-ended I guess was my idea so feel free to blame me if you don't like it uh, to because it's all sorts of different stuff that you can put in here you can put in broadcast stuff you can put in whatever Emily's raising her hand I am
1: raising my hand I'm gonna make a suggestion based off of actually that commentary that we just brought up I would like to see Vietnamese teams an international event finally yes get them visas
0: that's a good one that unfortunately emily just took that so none of you guys can use it if we see that you're just (laughs) copying emily but yeah from a broadcast perspective from a format perspective from you know maybe the team like obviously we asked you which teams you think you're going to going but are there specific teams you would like to see All, all sorts of stuff so feel free to let us know in this week's q a all right it's the back of the book emily What are the matches of the week? Let's start off there.
1: All right. So LPL match of the week. I'm kind of cheating. Usually I pick a match that is from the previous week and I probably would have picked RNG, EDG. But last night, victory five played BLG and it was a three game banger. There's a lot. There's some spicy picks in there. There's some really interesting team fighting. There's some even more interesting neutral objective setups. Um, Uzi comes in in the in the final game Uh, there are some records that are broken Wow! it it has a lot so I was like I watched this last night and I was like okay I have to suggest that people watch this one even though I don't usually pick a game from the current week so now I'm kind of limiting my options for next week but we'll see Uh,
0: well I want to ask you while we're on the topic of this obviously Victory 5 popped up a ton I'm in the the group of folks that have not been watching much LPL this year. So you want to fill us in on, on victory five for those that haven't been paying attention to LPL.
1: Oh yeah. So victory five are really fun. Uh, they have rich who you may know from Heroes of the storm, but then also his time in LCK. He's been playing surprisingly well. Uh, as I mentioned previously, this is Carsa and rookies team and they are an integral part of it. Just like any team with one of these players is going to be. Bodick, who was previously a top esports trainee, came up, played with top before uh, before Jackie Love came on, and then PP God, who everyone knows just because of his name, but you know he is still insane and incredibly aggressive, even within the context of the LPL. So he will always be entertaining to watch. Uh, also. Speaking of Victory 5, they made it into playoffs. Uh, Victory 5, Weibo Gaming, and RNG are all qualified for playoffs right now. So
0: Nice. Well, we'll have to see. I, it would be interesting to see them pop up, especially with that lineup at MSI. So if they can get in there, that would be pretty neat to see. All right. Sorry. I interrupted. LCK match of the week. Yeah. We
1: so it's not a T1 match for once. Uh, oh, my gosh. It is Gen G versus Kwong Dong Freaks. And, uh, you know, for... People who might be wondering why I recommended this matchup, because obviously, um, for those that don't know, Chovy did test positive for COVID, so he is not playing. And Ruler had also previously tested positive for COVID, so he did not play in this match. Um, this kind of stopped a, a little bit of an upturn for for the Freaks. And I thought, uh, especially Ophelia, did a really good job of substituting in for Ruler. Um, Peanut plays really well, so if you are a Peanut fan or a Peanut gamer, you get to see him kind of pop off in the series. And yeah, I wanted to I want to highlight a few other teams that weren't, you know, T1 and Dom1 because I feel like I've focused on them in previous matches.
0: And you went with Genji,
1: and I went with Genji, the team that uh, is second place. Yes,
0: uh, very bold. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Not not exactly uh, a super bold.
0: Well, team, listen, but yeah, Emily might not say this, but I want to say. Congrats to T1, Genji, DK, and DRX for making playoffs <laughs> this week. Uh, I think that's good. Just, reading the show notes. Yes, yes, I just thought it's nice to see that, <laughs> and I want to congratulate those teams on uh, making it into playoffs. All right, it is time for reaction shots. All right, I've been very positive on Riot and my reaction shots, and, and just on the league and everything lately. So it's time, unfortunately. For me to be a Debbie Downer, uh, look. Over the years, Riot has taken a very long time to announce their events. They have gotten, in some areas, better than this. Like we knew better at this. Like we knew that summer finals was going to be in Houston. Or sorry, spring finals was going to be in in Houston last year, and the summer uh, towards the end of the the summer split. Which is great. And I totally understand that in other places, in other situations, it's been difficult to announce stuff because of the COVID stuff. However, there is an event that is happening in presumably two months or so. This normally kicks off, I think, the beginning of, of May, called MSI. And I think it was Upcomer, I want to say, that reported. It, maybe mm-hmm. it was Dot. No, it was a Dot or Upcomer.
1: I think it was Dot, actually. Okay,
0: I think it was Dot, because I think it was Bloop. Uh, anyway, sorry, Dot. Let's go with Dot. Dot reported that MSI this year is going to be in South Korea. We don't know dates, uh, and we don't know locations, I think, within within uh, South Korea, unless I've misremembered it. You can go check out the article. Clearly, I need to uh, put this in the it show. Was, uh, it
1: was on Dot. Um It's set and it just says 2022 MSI is expected to kick off between the last week of April and the first week of May. Right.
0: Based on previous years, though, I don't think that there was necessary reporting on the timing.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So, again, given the timing, it could be less than two months from now that this thing is happening. And we don't know officially where it's happening. The only thing we have is this leak. We don't know the timing. We don't know the cities. Like, I think it's very difficult when. there's an industry built around this stuff and we don't know i don't know the timing i don't know if media are allowed to go like for me personally i'm trying to figure out if i'm going to korea in two months or if i will be there in less than two months even and none of that information is is available right now publicly and i just think it's not great so uh, personally i think riot really needs to announce this it's crazy that we're coming up on MSI and we don't officially know where it's at and the only way to know is if you go find the start article dot article and I I totally understand it's a complicated situation these days but even putting something out there like this is our intent or this is the timing window or you know you don't need the most polished it, at a certain point in time you need to go with something that's less polished for the announcement just to have something out there and people can start planning versus waiting to the last minute
1: yeah I was i don't usually piggyback off your reaction statements but just as someone who's been both with a major company and also just freelance especially when you're freelance journalist, like it's so hard to plan that stuff out if you don't know months in advance well, not and, just- and i imagine now it's even more difficult because you need to factor in some sort of quarantine period due to covid restrictions
0: well and and we don't know if there's gonna be fans available for this Mm -hmm. but if there are like they need to be able to plan for attending this so Mm -hmm. i don't know i i'm sure riot would like to announce it sooner i'm not saying that they're just sitting around or whatever but i think sometimes they wait until they can get all their ducks in a row to try to announce the stuff and like at a certain point in time you just have to go Mm
1: -hmm.
0: all right emily your turn
1: all right so uh, mine is going to be broadcast related and it's regarding a frustration that I think has been gathering more and more sentiment lately for good reason. And it's, you know, why don't, why don't teams or the broadcast supply translators so we can talk to all members of every single team. And I actually agree, especially team side, if you are trying to build some sort of like we've done a lot of talking about teams trying to build an emotional connection with their fans and be like look we brought in these players and look at how awesome they are and you should really follow them you know creating an emotional connection with these players a lot of it really relies on them being able to talk and express themselves and interestingly enough we already talked about Shenyi and one of the reasons why people know about him is because he we've heard his communication in champion's queue, right? And that's been a window into what kind of person he is. So people have either resonated with that or they've disagreed with it, but at the very least, you're creating some sort of emotional connection and and he's being able to communicate with potential fans. Um I, I this is specifically brought up in regards to Cloud9 a lot of the time because summit has been performing insanely well uh berserker has been performing very well and we have not had a single stage interview with them um i'm not gonna talk about because we can argue a lot about whose job it is to provide a, a translator um i will say this it is as someone who really wants to build up emotional narratives of players, it is very frustrating when we can't talk to them or they can't express their personalities. However, the flip side of it is that uh, it is really difficult to translate in the moment on stage. Um, I actually thought the interview with Summit for his Player of the Week interview, I, I really liked how that was cut because it doesn't put pressure on the translator to be in front of a camera, um, it gives you more space to actually talk to the player as things are being translated. I will say as someone who's been a journalist, it's so much easier to do a translated interview off camera because it just takes off so much pressure from everyone involved in terms of what if I say something wrong? What if I translate something wrong? What if I look stupid and my translator doesn't you know, translate correctly for me and all this other stuff? So I just wanted to say I agree with everyone's frustration, especially that we haven't been able to talk to Summit and Berserker because I think they could be really, really fun to talk to. However, uh, everything is more difficult and nuanced than you might think. And whenever someone is translating an interview, please be kind to them because I've seen people, you know, really rip into interpreters as soon as they end up on a stage. So give players time to be comfortable um, continue to ask for it because again, like I want to make a connection with these players. I know you do too as, as fans and that's completely valid. You should continue to, to ask for that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like nuance around translation. And I just kind of wanted to discuss it a little bit because I agree. I too want summit to trash talk his opponents. Well, you know, he's I- been beast in it.
0: He's, I he's great. Talked about this on Hotline League, so and it's, yeah, it's you your reaction your shot. Opinion. So I don't need to uh, invade your reaction shot, but <laughs> I I would like to see these interviews as well, translated. That's the episode Emily Rand. It is. Thank you so much. I have to go catch a flight to Florida. I'll be at Full Sail University. If anybody uh, wants to say, see me, say hi but first. Genshin Impact. I've got another show to do really quick. I finally
1: got Shongling! Yay! All
0: right. We'll catch you all next week.